intro music is really... This is even better. I know you have only heard, like, the intro. It gets... Oh, and it loops in a weird spot. That's okay. wonderful. All right, we're definitely doing something about this music in the future because <laughs> it's uh, it's not going to be a staple of the show. So welcome. Uh, this is the inaugural episode of the My Music, My Concerts, My Life podcast, uh, the music blog that changes lives one band at a time. My name is Fran Chismar. I'm the founder of uh, www.mymusicmyconcertsmylife.com. I will be your host. This episode, uh, we have a few things. We're going to discuss a bevy of new album releases. We have a segment called Rediscovered Albums that we're going to do. And we're going to do a couple concert reviews. And if we have time, we're going to discuss our thoughts on Chester Bennington. Um, but today, uh, I'd like to introduce our special guest, who is Janet Steiner. Say hello. Hello! Uh, Janet hasn't written anything for the blog, uh, but she has a very important part. Since January, she's been editor-in-chief. Uh, which is very, very important to us. So, uh, given that, Janet, how bad is my grammar? <laughs> <laughs> On a scale of one to stop talking? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, shoot. It's not the grammar so much, it's really the punctuation, I think. Oh, the comma side. Yeah, the comma side. Well, just as a quote, I, I do have, I, I let you read my first ever post, which started the blog, which was four years ago, and it was a concert review uh, for Butch Walker at the Stone Pony. And your exact quote was, it made my heart cry. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that sounds like something I would say. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think it's gotten a little bit better. But that's you. Much that's better. why you're so important to the blog, because I don't want to make anyone's heart cry. Yes. So we're trying. Yes. That's not our mission. Um, so Janet and I have known each other since high school. And it's fair to say at one point, we probably had fairly similar musical tastes. At one point, so. we, we went to concerts together. Yeah. So probably not so much anymore. Well, <laughs> I can think of one particular example. <laughs> oh, there's a few. There's a few. But um, so we're going to start off uh, with some album reviews. And typically for the blog, the way we try to do things is we try not to expel negative energy we try not to write about things we don't like we don't want to bash people we don't want to be a pitchfork who just looks for more creative ways on how to bash <laughs> bash music um so we only write about the things we love uh and if we don't like something we won't write about it I'm not saying that we we just write fluff pieces i think we try to be uh you know we, we if, if we say we don't like something we say we don't like it but we don't trash it so the purpose the of the blog is not to tell people what not to listen to it's to Correct. tell people hey this is pretty good yeah this is what we're excited about Got listen it. to this this is this is what we like and we cover all types of music this it's not just alternative <laughs> it's and i have it's... some questions on some of the albums <laughs> that you suggested well and that's you know so this should be interesting because we suggested albums to each other that we hadn't listened to uh, that we haven't discussed since we've listened to them. So there's going to be some negative energy. There's going to be, it's, it's going to be hard to not <laughs> to say some nice things for some of these, which isn't our purpose, but it's going to happen. So I actually, I originally planned to have a beer so that I was numb when you became combative. So instead <laughs> we used pizza. We just chowed down on some pizza. So everyone's full and happy. So we'll start off. I'm going to start with, 
uh, Nine Inch Nails and their new EP, Add Violence. So I'll, I'll start off on this one. This one was my suggestion. And I have a, um, a love-hate relationship with, with Nine Inch. Not, I shouldn't say love, love-hate. It's a love-indifference relationship with Nine Inch Nails because love I, and apathy <laughs> love and apathy because I loved Pretty Hate Machine yes yes uh, the downward spiral I was okay with but it was really a departure from Pretty Hate Machine which I loved and then since then it, you know I loved With Teeth because I felt like it was a step backwards towards Pretty Hate Machine and then they lose me, Trent loses me on the next album so um, this one the first track um, really just like I felt like it was could have been a lost track from Pretty Hate Machine. Just loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Couldn't get enough. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was their best stuff since With Teeth. Less than you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, less than. And um, after that, I can't tell you anything else about it. I it lost me. Like it grabbed me for the first track, and then meh. You know, back to the indifference. Like, it couldn't give me, like... (laughs) What I thought was interesting about this was you can really see the way that um, scoring films has now informed the way Trent Reznor approaches music. Without a doubt. I was driving while I was listening to The Lovers, and I felt like I was in a movie. You know, I'm driving down um, Windy Bush Road or something like that, you know, and it's dappled sunlight and and I've got this really weird mix playing in the background. I'm like, I felt like something horrible was going to happen (laughs) because he doesn't score nice movies. He scores, you know, the girl with the The, dragon tattoo. (laughs) Now, do you think his wife has been a negative influence on his music? I don't think so because with with Nine Inch Nails, it's always been more sound than anything else, you know. And and when you're when you're when you're playing something from Nine Inch Nails, you just and again, that's where I think you know movie soundtracks. Even though it's obviously a lot more work, but it's kind of the perfect space for him to operate in because it is just sort of what's going along with the narrative. It's a soundscape. Basically. Exactly. So. Exactly. Although I will say, I think it was maybe the background world. One of them, there was eight minutes of static, which I did not appreciate. I appreciate I, it. I don't want to listen to it, but <laughs> I, I appreciate it. You know, it's. <laughs> I just want another. I'm glad it exists. I just yeah, don't have to I'm let glad it someone has the freedom to do that. And that's, you know what? Someone enjoyed it. Someone's listening to it. Going, oh my god. This is brilliant. Trent eight minutes of static. Absolutely brilliant. You know someone sitting there. Yeah. You know sadly, someone sitting there doing it. The same I, person that looked at the uh, at the brick wrapped in an ace bandage at the MoMA and said, this is a brilliant commentary on society. And you know and, what? It is, but I don't want to look at it. No, and they stared at it for an hour. Not in an art just museum. Just going, oh my God, they get it. They get it. But uh, no. It's like it, looking at Jackson Pollock. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's kind it, of, it is. Yeah, he's but the Jackson Pollock of the music world. But if you can write less than. Yeah. Obviously, he still has it. He can still, Trent can still write great music. Mm-hmm. Singles. Yeah. Yes. And that's that's the difference. Because with this in particular, 
it seemed like, and, and a couple of the other albums as well, it, it seemed like they weren't so singles heavy. Like, I have to write the next hit song. What's my next hit song going to be? So it was kind of like, okay, well, here's here's your, your you know, the cherry on top. Here's the yeah. single part of this. And then the rest, I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want. Well, I think that's why it's perfect. He's moved to EPs. And I think a mm-hmm. lot of artists have done, especially artists that have started their own label, like Ryan Adams is releasing singles nonstop, which is stuff he probably would have just thrown in the vault Mm -hmm. or maybe one or two. But now we get it all, which I love, but I love it more when I like it. And I would like more. (laughs) more, You love it more when you like it than when you hate it. Yeah. I love the the volume that we have access to. Oh, yeah. I would just like more. And that's just me. You know, and... So you want more singles-oriented type stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, w- I want another Pretty Hate Machine. He can do it. He just yeah. doesn't want to do it. And less than proof that he can to. still do it. He, but I'm he sure. did it with, with teeth. Like, he just waited yeah. 20 years to do it again, but he did it. All right. Let's move on. Um, Imagine Dragons Evolve. Ooh. So a little bit of background on this. So <laughs> Janet and I are both Imagine Dragon fans, right? It's fair to say. Yeah, you're a fan. I, I don't. I they're not in the journey police pile of music for me. <laughs> they're not in that space. <laughs> I agree. All right, so I was fortunate enough to take my oldest son Darren to see them, kind of mid range through. Um, oh, what was their their first album? I I'm drawing a blank on the title. I don't know. I don't know. But the radioactive album. Yeah, the radioactive <laughs> album. So midway through that tour before they like they were people knew who they were at this point but it wasn't you weren't hearing them every other song on the radio so we saw them at the borgata and it was a great show they had huge uh percussion set up all over the stage and the band was switching instruments and the guitarists would play drums and they're running over and playing percussion and you couldn't help but to get excited and they were doing great covers they actually did a uh uh, medley of Sam Cooke's You Send Me and Cold War Kids Hang Me Out to Dry which was it was Night Visions Night Visions that's it so we had a very positive experience our concert experience did nothing but enhance our feelings for Imagine Dragons and plus I think Night Visions every track on it to me is a solid track I don't skip by any track there were there were a lot of singles to the extent that I thought that they had come out with another album yeah. during that album's run. I mean, it just seemed to continue and continue. I think it, that album pretty much soundtracked Raven's entire middle school years. Yes, yeah, and, and same with Darian. <laughs> so then Smoke and Mirrors comes out, which a huge disappointment to me. And I, I don't know how sales were for that album, but you didn't really hear songs stay on the radio. You may have heard the single when it first came out, and then it kind of disappeared a little bit. So that's when you and your daughter... Mm-hmm. Saw them in concert. Now, instead of playing smaller venues, they're playing 20,000 seats. The Wells venues. Fargo Center I think in Philadelphia, Philadelphia, yeah. And we saw them with Cruiser. Okay. And we saw them with Halsey. And this was really just before Halsey totally blew up with uh, the American something single or, or okay. American, New Americana. That's what it was. Um, <clears throat> and it was a shame that the openers were better than the main event because 
I was really underwhelmed by the performance, and I think he was having a bad day because there were some tears involved. <laughs> you mean the jumbotron? Like he cried. He cried. <laughs> well, you know, the three well, of us are struggling sitting there. with depression, right? You and, know, and, and it was evident you know, on that it, album. And the show must go on, even if it's gonna suck. Yeah. <laughs> the show must go on. There are people waiting, and he did it for the fans, and I think that's great. But you know, he's there on the jumbotron, and he's talking about how amazing it feels to play you know this venue and he's talking about all the people that helped him get there and you know raven's friend just turns and says is he crying (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i think he is um and not what you want when you pay that kind of money for a big name band i don't want to watch them cry cry. just like i didn't want to see paramore Haley williams complain that her knee hurt and that her stomach hurt i'm like dude you're uh, we're here to hear you sing not to hear you the show must go on yeah come on (laughs) <laughs> I mean, how many people... You have Dave, Dave Grohl having a special chair built for a broken leg. Exactly. And, like, completely turning that situation completely around. And then you have, oh, my knee hurts. Yeah, my knee, <laughs> shut up! So, so my Dave experience... Dave Grohl would eat you for breakfast. <laughs> Depression. Come on. So your experience, my experience, completely different. So I was curious to see where the next album would go. Because the first album loved, second album hated... Um, Second album, not an album we would have written about on the blog. We would just, you know, pretend it didn't happen. So <laughs> quietly um, ignored. Quietly ignored. So the next, like, I, I really feel that Evolve was a return to form. Like, I love the singles in between Smoke and Mirrors and Evolve. Like, I loved Roots, and I really felt like they were going back to their roots. And I, I felt the songwriting was there, as in Night Visions. I felt the production was a compromise with the record company that's just speculation i've kind of felt like they probably after night visions blew up they probably had carte blanche for smoke and mirrors it bombs the record company's like hey we're going to do things our you had your chance we're going to do things our way so well and plus you kind of have that sophomore album curse you know what i mean where everybody who gets that first album that's epic and amazing they come back and it's just not as strong yeah and that's that's true that that's definitely true but i felt the songwriting's there the the music is really good again not a throwaway track for me but it's very very pop oriented as far as oh yeah it's like top 20 produced uh radio production type music like and that's you know it doesn't it takes away from it a little bit for me but the songwriting's there and for me what was interesting because i took both of my kids to see them perform on good morning america and it was like you know in a more intimate setting and it was just the same kind of experience i had at the borgata Mm -hmm. and having them perform that music live without the slick production it was it, it it went back from pop to alternative like, I would much rather hear a live recording of that hmm. than this. But uh, standout tracks for me, Rise Up and Thunder, and I don't know why. I don't like Thunder at all. I think really? the lyrics are idiotic. I mean, they're just dumb. Are you even they're a fan just of dumb. music? Come on. It's terrible. No, seriously? No, he's... I was lightning before life. the thunder. 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 <laughs> fun. Thunder, th- th- thunder, <laughs> thunder, right. thunder, 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 thunder. He's telling th- a story thunder. about thunder. growing up in depression, which is the theme of this album, Conquering Depression. 
It's a terrible song. Aww. It's my least favorite song on the album. I really like um, Walking the Wire. Walking the Wire was great. Rise Up I like until he gets to that weird bridge. I'm like, no, put the, it doesn't belong in that song. Yeah. I, I now, didn't like the bridge. I, I don't know why. The, the song I don't know why, which is Darien's favorite, which is the, the opening track, really doesn't sound like an Imagine Dragons song. It really, you could have inserted any top 20 artist into that song, and it would have been good. But it's still a good song. Okay. It's The songwriting was there. Yeah. Which I think is the most important thing. Well, Believer, I mean, is clearly, it just has Imagine Dragons written yeah. all over it. Yeah. Nobody yeah. else was recording that. No. That no. song. That's just... their, this album's radioactive. Uh, for sure. For sure. Without a doubt. Yep. All right. So let's move on. Next album. Uh, this is one that I suggested only because it was suggested to me. So this isn't something that anyone's going to hear on the radio right now. It's a band called Drab Majesty. Uh, the album's called The Demonstration. And this this is a band that a publicist had been recommending to me for over a year. And the problem, not the problem with publicists, but you get a lot of recommendations from publicists all the time and it's their job their job to is make, to say this is all fantastic yeah, yes it's it's their job to make recommendations now i work with some incredible publicists to kind of tailor the recommendations to what we cover so this is a publicist that covers mainly metal bands uh or or they work with metal bands like mutoid man and and bands like that so i i didn't really have an interest in listening to it and then she asked if we wanted to cover them in concert. They're playing a new venue in Philadelphia called the Philomoca, which is the Philadelphia Mausoleum of Creative Arts, which sounds interesting. So then I read about their live show, which was a very visual-oriented live show, which sounded interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and then I read that they had opened up for Zymox, which is a 80s... Goth. 90s 80s yeah. 90s goth is it goth it's they're in that goth all i yeah all i know is when i listen to them i feel like i'm in a a, 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 a hall with marble floors and torch yeah. lit walkways and it, corridors the and illuminati like <laughs> should be sponsoring this album so i finally listened to it and i got one song in i was like holy fuck yeah. They sound like Zymox. And they Zymox, really do. Twist of Shadows in the late 80s for me when I found that album. It was awesome. It was awesome. But I didn't like any of their other stuff. Just Twist of Shadows. So this is like, to me, like the follow-up to Twist of Shadows. Yeah. And I sent it to you immediately. I'm like, listen to this. <laughs> Zymox. And what did you think? The same thing. And I saw Zymox um, at City Gardens back in the day. Which is was in <sighs> Trenton, New Jersey is well i mean the building's there it's still there in spirit you know it was the gateway between new york and dc for punk music it was and it was fantastic i mean it was just this horrible warehouse with weird barbies hanging from the ceiling and (laughs) it was dirty and in a bad part of town a very bad part of town (laughs) but it was epic i mean it was it was that that um ultimate venue for for weirdness and and grungy thing it just was it was a great and, space and, for for that but and john was, stewart was bartender and yeah. james murphy from lcd uh 
sound system was um, a bouncer. Like, it has some rich history. It was oh, there yeah. for 10 years. Yeah. It had some and great everybody, act. everybody, everybody. I mean, Nine Inch Nails yeah. played there constantly. Before, they, be, yeah, before, before Pretty Hate mm-hmm. Machine came out, uh, Green Day played there. Nirvana played there. Ramones played there 24 times. Ramones, you yeah. know, so, like, that kind of rich history. So, you saw Zymox so there. So, we saw Zymox there. And there was, like, maybe... 50 people I mean there was hardly and so we were right against the stage and I remember sitting there and and for some reason it struck me that I was wondering if he was wearing steel-toed boots so I decided to try to see if he was and started pressing on his shoe in the middle of a song and I got a really weird look from him and then I was like oh right no you're in public <laughs> stop doing things like that um but yeah it was it was great he didn't kick me in the face so that was a plus that's a big plus that's always a plus at city and, gardens and it would have been well within his right to do so but he did not um yeah so it was they were they were pretty you know and it wasn't super visual it wasn't like an 808 state kind of thing where yeah. you've got lasers everywhere and it was more and like set back. design yeah. and yeah and uh yeah it was just a normal kind of concert but it was just that sound and the sound matched the venue and and i have a feeling that that's what's going to happen at because uh, drab majesty has a very similar sound it's without, very atmospheric like, a copy like i'm not right. saying they ripped them off no not at all but I'm interested to see. It's going to be in a very similar venue. Not shitty. Just like a place that that takes chances on these types of artists. Um, and I can't wait to see what the visual... We'll have to definitely come back and do a concert review. This is in September. So, uh, But if, if you're a fan of late 80s, early 90s goth music... like if, It reminded me of like the fate era of the cure or like pornography mm-hmm. like that type of goth yeah like, like hanging garden yeah yeah that so kind of yeah if you're a fan of that type of goth from that era definitely check it out sisters uh, of mercy yeah yeah without a doubt without the super deep andrew aldridge voice <laughs> <laughs> all right next foster the people moving on just trying we got a lot to cover yep. um Sacred Hearts Club. So you and I have had this talk before. This is their third album, I believe. I think it's their third. I have no idea. So, obviously, everyone knew Pumped Up Kicks. I think that's the only other... I know that there was one other song. There was another hit off of that album. I just don't remember what it was, but yes. But then the second album, I remember hearing a song, and just, it was a throwaway for me, and it was probably that sophomore slump, and it was different, you know, you, you get... I think that's part of that sophomore curse is you don't want to be pigeonholed to a certain sound and you make enough changes and then it doesn't sound like you at all anymore. And it was just, Mm -hmm. the songwriting wasn't there for the second album. But this album, again, another change. And you were saying, well, which foster the people are we going to get this time? And it's different, Mm -hmm. but I love the evolution. I feel it's more mature. Um... It starts off very strong for me, like Pay the Man and, um, oh, uh, I can't remember the other song. Pay the Man and Doing It for the Money. Um, Those two really strong, and then it just kind of wanes down for me. So it starts off really strong, and then I get about halfway through the album, and it loses me. I liked a lot of it. What I thought was interesting was they've got these little almost vignette type you know things in there and they're not full songs but it's like a palate cleanser yeah it's almost like if you listen to the album in the order that the tracks are listed 
it says, okay, now we're going into, you know, we've, we've had the appetizer. Now we're going into the soup. <laughs> After the soup, we'll have the salad. And, you know, I, I don't know if we ever really get to a main course in this, but um, I just thought it was an interesting little uh, transition sort of piece because there is definitely a different sound by the end of the album. There is. And that's, I love the beginning of the album. To me, the main course was the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I'm already... So you skipped the appetizers, I the went soup. right to the main course, and now I'm full, and I hate myself. And they're going, have some salad. Have a breadstick. I don't want it. I already ate myself. No, I don't want pudding. I'm done. I'm done. pudding. <laughs> and that's... There's always room that's where for it was pudding. At. They didn't lead me into... Had the album been tracked differently, maybe I'd have a different feeling. But it started off really strong for me, and then... Do you feel like some of the other, some of the stronger singles type tracks should have been introduced later in the album? Yeah, because I'll start listening to the album. Put it on shuffle next time. (laughs) No, because now I just want to hear Pay the Man and doing it for the money. Okay. But it's good. I think it was a good evolution. I think it's very different. It's a very different sound for them. But in a really good way. Sure. Really good. Sure. It's just, but it is really like listening to a different band. It's not like. um, It, it, It really. From pumped up kicks, it's. If I were to play, if you didn't know either of them, if I played you both, I would not it, think it was the same. Band. E- either would I. Either and, would and, I. And, and that's what's funny is like most bands, okay, maybe the sound changes in some capacity, but you can still hear the core of, of the band. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's not like that. It's, no. it's as if they fired everyone in the band, brought in completely new people, and then produced Which is this. Possible, because I don't know enough about the band to know. And that's one thing I didn't look into. I don't know if it's the same lineup. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if it was some turnover. But and the other thing, too, is in the case of Pumped Up Kicks, and I don't know this, so many bands have these great songs, and they carry them around forever and ever. Um, when I saw St. Paul and the Broken Bones, I saw them right as their first album came out. But they were just really starting to tour for it, and I got a chance to talk to them. And they're like, oh, we already have the second album written. But we're touring this now so mm-hmm. you know and i was like well how long did you have these songs oh we had them you know they're like a couple years old so it's you know even though to us it's such a short period of time the evolution for them it really isn't because who who knows how long ago they had written sure. pumped up that's kids. true that's true all right so we're gonna move on the next one is manchester orchestra a black mile to the surface now were you familiar with no. i recommend that this one nope all right, so I'll start off with this one. So my problem with this isn't with this. My problem is... It's with something else. It's something else. I have a problem with music when I love an album too much. And when I love an album by a band, mm-hmm. I'm almost daring them to make to make a better album. Okay. So... You go back a couple albums for them to mean everything to nothing, which is what introduced me to Manchester Orchestra. You had great songs like uh, Friends in All the Wrong Places and all these great tunes, but it was gritty. It was more emotional. It was a little heavier. Mm-hmm. And now you give me an album that's a little more atmospheric mm-hmm. and lighter and to me this sounds more like Andy Hull's side project Bad Books which is Forrest Whitaker mm-hmm. you know that song oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. so that's the same lead singer 
So it sounds Manchester Orchestra to me has moved in that direction, which isn't what I love about Manchester Orchestra. I loved Mean Everything to Me. So I liked that all of the songs except for Lead start with the. <laughs> the maze, the gold, the moth, the alien, the sunshine, the grocery, the wolf, the mistake, the parts, the silence. So it's the album. It is the. It is the it's album. It's the the album. Um, but no, I get what you're saying about about uh, atmospheric and and you know this being my first outing with them. I didn't hate it, um, but it wasn't like oh my god, I can't wait till I listen to this again. I to be honest, I haven't listened to it again. Yeah, now, I listened to it twice. Like. I a couple tracks in when I got to the moth, like it grabbed me. So I'm like, all mm-hmm. right, I'm liking this. And sunshine was a standout track for me. Uh, but it the wasn't sunshine. The sorry, the sunshine. <laughs> but it wasn't. It wasn't mean everything to nothing, um, which had just so many incredible tracks on it to me that I I would like you to go back and listen to that album so you can see the difference. Uh, just because. It's it's like two different bands, and I think had I not heard that and then heard this, it'd be different. I'd be mm. I'd be saying something different right now. But it's just like I'm like oh. See, and, I like... in very few instances has has my expectations been exceed. Like my Chemical Romance, I love Three Cheers for mm-hmm. Sweet Revenge. Never thought they would top that, and then they came out with the Black Parade, and I'm like holy fuck. And then yeah. the next one I liked, but was Danger Days was a little bit of a letdown for me. It was more stadium rock than than anything else. I I need music to do one of three things for me. All right. I either need to be able to drive to it, sing along to it, or move to it. And that could be anything. Walking the dog, cleaning the house, you know what I mean? All that kind of stuff. And for me, the Manchester Orchestra album was a good drive album. Okay, I can see that. You know what I mean? This was a good road playlist kind kind of thing. Like, especially, like, to me, like... Not like a stop and go traffic playlist. Oh no no if no! You're this on is a long, long drive. Highway. You're yep. on a highway and it's not congested. I definitely see that being the case. Yeah, yeah. But to me, it just I keep going back to mean everything to nothing. But there's a lot of standout stuff here. Other than the moth, like nothing really stood out for me. And I I I was in no hurry to go back to that. And that's take a drive. Maybe and play it while you're driving. <laughs> maybe I need to. So. That's that's where I'm at with that, and that's a little disappointing, but but you wouldn't say it was disappointing to you. No, no, because okay. I don't have anything to compare it to. All right, go back. I'm, I'll ruin it for you then. Go back and listen to me. Everything, Great. nothing. And, but but that but might not ruin different. it. That might make me feel like, oh wow, and look at this, this other thing that they can do. You know, because <laughs> I sure. the other ones. That, look the what first... I can do. All right, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, so. Uh, the next one is Beach Slang. Uh, here I made this for you, Volume 2, which is an EP of covers. Which I thought was adorable. Which is great. And the, the cover looks like a mixtape from, from back in the day, which was Major great. bonus points for that. Now, so Beach, they're local, right? They're Philly, yeah. They're from Philly. Uh, they put out two albums, I think. Two albums and two EPs, or three albums and two EPs. But up until a couple weeks ago, they played... Um, the local adult alternative stations block party uh, and they were one of the bands and I had never heard of them before and they came out on a sweltering hot day wearing a James Leasinger wearing a 70s tux 
You get uh, mad props for that. Mad props for that. <laughs> with the frills and the big bow tie, and it may have been like a corduroy with a heart on it uh, that I think it was nobody's nothing, it said. And had the attitude of My Chemical Romance, but with the song structure of the replacements, which is fucking brilliant. <laughs> and they just had this energy of like the biggest punk band. Like they filled the stage like they were Elvis. Like Vegas Elvis. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> and, you know, there's uh, someone that was heckling them in the audience and they handled that superbly. It was just, and I just wanted more. So I threw this one at you because I know you hadn't heard them before. Mm-hmm. So I'll let you, what were. What was your opinion of Well, you know, it's hard to get the measure of a band by what they do with other people's music. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And with that being said, like, I think that they, 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 the selection that they have here is pretty diverse. It really is. You know? It really is. And I, I thought, um, I mean, they covered one of the songs that has irritated me my entire life i feel like which is sometimes always okay i'm not a fan of that song it's so stupid the (laughs) lyrics are terrible i wish it didn't exist and now it exists again but what did you think of their version (laughs) um it it, you know what i thought i thought that they they did it well i thought Uh that um it it was very reminiscent of the original you know what i mean so it wasn't like they took it deconstructed it ripped it to pieces and then came back out with something completely different like when gary jules covered mad world yeah. and you were like man tears for fears missed the boat yeah, on this song. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> and, and the original was good yeah. i would have forever have loved that and then you hear his that, version and, you're like, and you've got oh, goosebumps yeah. and then you're watching donnie darko and you're and like i, think I don't donnie, know <laughs> you know what if, 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 if i wasn't introduced to that through donnie darko maybe i wouldn't feel the same way because the imagery in no, donnie darko you know what you would because that was one i heard on xpn driving somewhere again driving because i'm always driving and it was like a nice long road it was fall and that haunting piano came on and i was like what's this (laughs) and then he started singing i'm like i know these lyrics but i don't know this song what is happening and and it just it's 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 no matter what it's an incredible song but you know they they didn't opt to do that i think they didn't really seem to do that much with any of the 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 covers on this but no, I, I enjoyed thought, it i think their cover of the modern lovers uh roadrunner was pretty much a almost a straight out nod to their version of sure. it and and i love that they covered that i mean because they wear their influences on their sleeve sure. to begin with and to hear them cover it like in between albums just to give you something in between albums mm-hmm. is brilliant and and when i saw them live they actually ended the set with a cover of the pixies where's my mind which was phenomenal yeah, and that's a bold move. And that's a bold move. To take an iconic band like the Pixies. I mean, it's good for your crowd yeah. because, you know, okay, you know here you are. It. Right. And, and not only did I love that song when it came out, mm-hmm. you know, I remember hearing that on TSR, mm-hmm. uh, which was Trenton State College Radio, radio yeah. that you could only get in like a three-mile radius. <laughs> and you had to have a coat hanger hooked <laughs> up to your stereo, and you had to hold it in a certain <laughs> spot. But it was worth it! But that's where I, that's where yeah. I first yep. heard sin by nine inch nails mm-hmm. like that's like they they had their locally they had their finger on the pulse yep um but where's my mind it, you take a song that i loved from the beginning and then loved it even more because it was associated with fight club 
<laughs> and now you have someone covering it. I'm like, oh, that could be disastrous. But it, live, it was phenomenal. That's awesome. Good for them. It was phenomenal. Good for them. So I'm, I'm looking. They're playing Philly in December. Cool. Uh, so you have to see them. They're playing the, the TLA oh, on South Street. So Which is a great space for, for bands. It, it really is. So Even if it's scary to sit on the couch. <laughs> oh, I... <laughs> And you can, who you can, listen? Who's sitting on a couch in it? Except like maybe the Fillmore, which is a print. I was sitting on a couch. Have, I right. worked all day that day. I got up when the Struts came on, but yes, I sat on the couch during the weird opening bands that they had. You're just lucky there's no black light because there's, I know. All right, I worst, burned everything I wore. Worst twice. seat in any venue comes down to my opinion, and most of our listeners won't even know this. Club Revival. Which was a goth club in <laughs> Philadelphia, like off a of second street, which no longer exists. No. The only seat, there was one unisex bathroom and there was a car seat. Yeah. And the car seat was right outside the bathroom. And other than that, there were no seats. Mm-mm. And that, hands down, even at that point as a teenager, I would not have sat on that I seat. think that's where AIDS came from. <laughs> it all originates from that. <laughs> it's like a Petri dish for AIDS. It came from that car seat. It came from that car, car seat, seat at Revival. Because yeah. who knows what that, exactly. on that car seat before was it in was Revival. It all was in... of the diseases just kind of commingled in that space and they made AIDS. <laughs> AIDS. <laughs> and then the monkey came and contracted it and I don't know. Because I would not be there. surprised had a monkey been in that club. <laughs> I would not. On a regular basis. On a regular basis. I'm sure there's one that lived there. All right. I'm going to let you lead on the next one. So which the is... next one was your uh, suggestion, which is Bleacher's Gone Now. I really, really like the first single off this album, the Don't Take the Money. I think that the Bleachers, when they are looking for singles, they have a very specific formula. When you think about it, they all kind of sound the same, but I love it. I absolutely love it because I can, I get all three with this. I can drive to them, I can sing along with them, and I can clean my house to the bleachers. Um, What was weird, though, is the rest of the album is almost like, like they're trying to just sort of experiment. And and I'm good with that. You you know, it's funny you say that because I thought, Good morning at the beginning reminded me of spiritualized. Mm-hmm. Um, it it really made me think of uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are floating in space, like that vibe. And I was like, wow, this isn't what I was expecting. Mm-mm. And with Bleachers, for me, I can't tell you the title of any of their songs, but if you played the hits, I would know them all and could probably sing right. along with Most them. Most of the words. Mm-hmm. But I, I started, and I'd never listened to a Bleachers album before uh, until you recommended this. And the first, I kept thinking, I'm like, why am I listening to this? Why don't we have a new fun album? Like, I prefer the Bleachers over fun. Not going to lie. What? Yes, I said it. There it is. It's out there in the universe for all to see or hear. How? I, I don't know. I don't know. I think that they... I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's it's a more full sound. It seems more realized to me. Fun Even is a little more theatrical. Sure. They're fun. I will say that one of the things that I thought was really cool on this album was the first track, Dream of Mickey Mantle, where um, 
they really did a lot of experimentation, I think, with the mixing in this yeah. album. Because you had, first you had the vocals that were very heavy and the background music was muted. And then you had the opposite at the very end, which kind of made it almost like a sandwich. Yeah. You know, I, I at, do... the, at the very end, the vocals were muted and the backing track was, was more pronounced. And I definitely love the mix and the tracking of it. Um, you know, you know. here's the thing, and, and I'll say this. For me, I don't always like music the first time I listen to it. Um, uh, case That's in point, I didn't like um, 21 Pilots the first time I listened to Vessel. Um, I wasn't a fan, and I didn't like, actually, Imagine Dragons, uh, Night Vision. The first time I listened to it, I was like, eh. You know, and it grew on me. So this is something that could grow on me if I give it multiple listens. We just gave ourselves so much to listen to mm-hmm. um, that I haven't gone back to revisit it. But it didn't strike me enough for me to want to go back and revisit it either. I It was funny because I found, for me, the first time through is never... A, a, I mean, it, it's it, there's just so much to digest with any album. Nothing in any case really ever stands out completely for me the first listen through. But... Damn. I did find myself going back to this. I found myself going back to this one in Foster the People and Imagine Dragons out of all the other ones that we had listened to. Those were the ones that I went back to. We still have a few few more to discuss. Yeah. I'm surprised that one that we haven't discussed yet that you haven't gone back to, but we'll get to that one. I'm saving that one for last. You're not surprised (laughs) at all. All right, so I'm going to let you lead on this one. This was another of your suggestions, Lana Del Del Rey, Lust for Life. And, And I suggested this purely because of curiosity. I've never before listened to a Lana Del Rey album. And either of I. This was And actually I was very shocked to find out that this was like her fifth album. I know. I was like, what? I thought she just (laughs) like I didn't I I I I, yeah, I like her voice a lot. But I can't listen to an entire album. No. It's all the same thing. And you were saying, before I listened to it, you were saying, and I had heard her before, like, but I only knew one or two songs. You were saying that she gets compared a lot to Morrissey. Well, I had read an article recently where they said, you know, is Lana Del Rey the American version of Morrissey? And I can say most emphatically that she is not. No, you know what? She's a whiny Rita Coolidge. Like, that's what I was like. <laughs> I'm like, this could be, at least this album, I'm like, this could be like, and I know there was a nod to Woodstock on this. Uh-huh. I realize this. But I was like, this sounds like a whiny 70s song. Yeah. And, and but there were a couple songs I liked. I did like Lust for Life uh, with The Weeknd because I thought it was a little more lively. Mm-hmm. And I thought Cherry was <laughs> of like. Of course, lively for Lana Del Rey. Yeah, right. yeah <laughs> but like the song Cherry reminded me of like, something Kate Bush-like, but with, like, Chili Peppers lyrics. Like, even Keita's lyrics. So I was like, oh, I kind of like the mix of this. But the album was way too long. Like, way too long. Like, the album should have stopped after, like, eight songs instead of 14 songs. Yeah. Like, an hour of that was way too much. Like, way, way too much. What I think would work well, like, works well for her is um, being part of a compilation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. like I can throw a couple Lana Del Rey songs on a much larger playlist. I agree. And be perfectly happy with it. You know what I mean? Because there's nothing wrong with any of the songs. It's just that it's all kind of the same. 
It is, and I can't imagine five albums of that. And I no. think this is a little bit of a departure from her other albums. So, yeah, like there's a reason why you don't hear more of her on the radio. I think. Yeah, there's like, not a there's not a market. There, there really isn't. Of, I mean, there is, but it's just a very. But you know, for small... me, it's like mood setting. Like I could see having it on in the background as background music. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But not in my headphones, paying attention to it for an hour. I I couldn't do it and i don't see the comparison because i can do that you know we all know morrissey is whiny but you'll listen to i could listen to all their albums straight through and there's there's a wink and a nod to his yeah. whininess yes, you know what i mean is. like there's certainly a a self-awareness of the whininess it's it's whiny it's not whiny this i mean it's it's i don't know like with lana it seemed like um moodiness yes you know like yes don't bother me. I just want to sit in the corner and eat chocolate and listen Which to this. Which I wonder how she is in real life. As a person? Yeah. Yeah, as a if person If she's like that world. as a person. Because that's how her music comes off. Right. As. All right. So next one. Uh, I think I suggested this at the last second. Arcade Fire, Everything Now. And for me, Arcade Fire, I loved the first three albums. Um, not including the EP, starting with Funeral. And... The first time I saw them was on Fashion Rocks when David Bowie collaborated uh, with them. And I, I don't even know why I was watching TV. I don't even know why I was watching that show. It, it was like <laughs> fate because that's not something I would have watched. But I did and I caught it. The and universe it was, wanted you to see they it. They wanted me to see it and it was mind-blowing. And I bought Funeral. I, I downloaded it the next day. And... I like Neon Bible, and I love the suburbs. Loved. And then with Reflector, it kind of lost me. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, the same thing. You know, and I felt like their music had evolved over the three, but I didn't like where Reflector took it. Mm-hmm. And then with the whole, they wanted people to dress formal to their concert and for for the Reflector tour and all that. It just kind of, it just seemed gimmicky at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. So this one, you know, definitely... Again, taking them in another step where Reflector started, and I definitely felt like a disco vibe. But I loved everything now, and then after that, I was just kind of like, eh, like Creature Comfort, like I was okay. And I listened to it once, but this is one I actually went back and listened to again, and it started to grow on me. Like, it, enough where I was like, I need to hear it one more time, and it kind of, I liked it more the second time. It's still not where the other ones are for me. But. Yeah, and I don't know the other albums that well. I know a few of the singles that have been on the radio and, and such. But um, for me, everything now comes out like it needs to be on a cruise ship. <laughs> and there needs to, like, this album should come with an automatic disco ball or something yeah, like yeah. that. And it hangs in your living room. Like, it's delivered via drone when you download it it shows up at your door and it won't play until you see because there's a bluetooth in the disco ball and it can only sync to that bluetooth that's just how it was and i was like yeah this is kind of fun it's very 70s it's very cruise ship disco i saw a lot of polyester in my brain when i was listening to this and the second time through it was like no i like this and i like it a lot (laughs) yeah i liked it the second time through definitely did it for me and it was like oh you know what i want to hear this again and i'll definitely listen to it again and it's going to be one of those albums that grows on me everything now every time i hear it on the radio now i'm Mm -hmm. like 
I crank it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm dancing along. I'm getting off yeah. my car. Yeah, That's without it. a doubt. Hang it from the rearview mirror. <laughs> Gonna be but, in seventy-two accidents because of the sun glare and stuff like that, but that's but, okay. But that's one I'm I'm definitely glad I went back and listened to again because I think I'd be telling a different story right yeah, now if I yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. And creature comfort, I I love now. And the first time through, I was like, ah, I I'd have to listen to this one again. Right. But there's it still doesn't have a lot more standout tracks to me like everything now. Right. And that's the only I would like more st- like the suburbs. Uh. A lot more standout tracks. Mm-hmm. Like to me, it this is more of like a vibe, mm-hmm. which is a good vibe. It's a really good vibe. And that's what's interesting is like I think in terms of a, a, a show, you know what I mean. Like to see this music live together with you know what I mean with all these other yeah. tracks would certainly be a, a, a fun experience because it, it it would be like a theme. It's like yeah. a theme show. Yeah, theme night. Without a doubt, arcade fire. I could I could be on a dance floor and have a DJ play the whole album all the way through, and I would dance. And like they used to play all the Nine Inch Nails stuff yeah. at City Garden. <laughs> yeah, like, without, you know, yeah. Okay, he's gonna take a break now, and we're gonna listen to Nine Inch Nails for an hour, which is perfect. I'm okay with that. It works. It works. It's, it's gonna be the 52 minute long vis- uh, remix of Terrible Lie. <laughs> That's okay. It <laughs> like, works. This is still on, it really. Worked. All right. So next one, we're not reviewing this, but you had suggested the soundtrack to Riverdale, the Riverdale soundtrack. There's not really a soundtrack. I didn't know. Well, first of all, I didn't even know what Riverdale was. And now that I know, I hate the fact that I know what it is. (laughs) (laughs) I hate the fact that you were going to make me listen to it because I started listening to the soundtrack that existed, which is what the band on the show. So Riverdale. There's two bands. Yeah, there's two bands on the show. So for those that don't know, Riverdale is basically the Archies or the Archie comics. It's on the CW. The, on the CW, and that should just be Tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, that tells you everything <laughs> you need to know. So the soundtrack was the bands on the show, which was horrible covers of a lot of songs I loved. Mm-hmm. But then Janet did put together a playlist. Actually, of, Raven put that together. Uh, Raven put it together, Janet's daughter, of the music that plays in the background, which is really good. And actually. it was I thought it was a well-curated playlist it, it really is and in the context of the show it suits it very well because the one thing i mean it's very hokey teen drama and it's gonna go on forever because the kids love it yeah. and and there's that guilty pleasure side where you watch it and you're like man if i was 15 yeah. i would be all over this shit oh, me because too. You know, and it's to the point where they are looking for diners to hang out yeah, in. They want to yeah. go to drive-in movies. Because <laughs> I love 90210, and yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I even love the OC. And, and that's what this is. And this the is, OC, for what they did for me, like, I want to... the dark version. Yeah. It's it's nighttime I'm 90210. Still I'm still not. It's a Melrose place. It's a Melrose. <laughs> 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 I'm still not. So anyway, we, we didn't review that. But the last one that we're going to review which was my suggestion, is Harry Styles. Now, I am not a One Direction fan, even though everyone thinks I am. I have a screenshot that says something different. Wait, (laughs) I will go go into that. I will profess my love for Harry Styles, and I said if they made Harry Styles underoos, I would wear them. I would wear them. I wish that someone would make Harry Styles underoos. (laughs) So... (laughs) Just buy a pair of tidy whities and like cut out a picture of his face and put it on the crotch. I and think I would so. Wear, I would wear that. <laughs> so, All right. so One Direction 
you know, I know the music. Not saying I never bought it. I never listened to it. If it was something. my kids, I were even at the age where they avoid. were started getting too old to care mm -hmm. really. So I saw, and I wouldn't have cared about this, but I just happened to watch Saturday Night Live. Uh, Jimmy Fallon hosted, and Harry Styles as a musical musical guest, and he played Sign of the Times, and I thought it was a really interesting. <laughs> a really interesting song considering his background and i thought that it definitely had different influences it wasn't boy bandish um so when the album came out like that's my now that's my least favorite track of the album and i thought it was very singer songwriterish and i definitely think there's nods to like the rolling stones and the beatles and you can hear Ryan Adams, and you can hear Beck, and you can hear uh, songs like that. But From the Dining Table and Ever Since New York are great stories, like of heartache and heartbreak. And I still maintain that if I played you this album and you didn't know, you did not know it was Harry Styles, you would not be rolling your eyes at me right now. <laughs> I disagree. All right, go, go ahead. I will let you, you have the floor. I wanted to like it. I really did. I don't did. think you did. And I you mentioned think... Sign of the Times. You just listen. It's, it's And I listened to it with an open mind. And the first word, stop your crying. <laughs> it's a sign of the times. <laughs> crying is the sign of the times? It is. Okay. It is. Well, apparently sucking where is do you also think, a sign of the Where do you think times. Lana Del Rey came from? But <laughs> at least there's some kind of poetry in her. I mean, yeah. seriously. Welcome to the final show. Hope you're wearing your best clothes. Okay. Oh, it's like, we just want to rhyme all shit right. here. All right. It's you know, badly done. It's badly all right, done. Now put it in context with the rest of the album. Now the end is near. We got to get away from here. Uh, <laughs> I only listened to this one time. And I listened to it today, and I'm reasonably sure, and I and I say this with a fair amount of certainty, that every time someone listens to a Harry Styles album, this Harry Styles album, a unicorn dies. <laughs> Which is great news for the arts and crafts industry, because, you know... Glitter comes from unicorns. Right. You couldn't find one redeeming value in any song on the album. I didn't Not like one. any of them. None it, of them. There were so many. It, it was either overproduced, like Meet Me in the Hallway had all these weird-ass ghost voices happening in the background. It could have been okay if they hadn't added extra shit. All right, what if I it felt, was just him acoustically singing? It might have been okay, but I didn't get that. The lyrics were weak. They were very, very weak. If a baby had written this album, I would have been disappointed in the baby. <laughs> I, just, I did not feel good listening to this. And and my the lyrics my, aren't that bad. My phone, I'm gonna say no. I disagree. My phone didn't even want to play the album. I had to fight with it to get it to play more than two songs. It knew. From, it knew. You're not going to like this. From the Dining Table is the tale of a breakup that pretty much anyone can relate to. It doesn't have to be It doesn't have to be Morrissey lyrics. It doesn't have to be poetry. I, I agree. And How I much love shit do we crap? I love crappy music. I do too. I don't love this. I don't uh. love it. Harry Styles stick with Dunkirk. Try your hot 
acting career out. You played a great jerk in that movie. <laughs> he was an asshole and he did it really well. Uh, and, and I'm saying this from a place where I've seen Keanu Reeves movies and said, why is he here? All right. There will, I'm making the statement. There will come a day and there will be. When I will like will, a Harry. When I will there like will a be Harry a Harry Styles, Styles album. Even my phone misses your call? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just makes me want to <laughs> die. That's a lyric I actually like. I can't drive to this. I can't move to it. And I sure as fuck can't sing along with it. It's just bad, bad, oh, bad. Fine. And I feel, and you know what? It's fine. There are people who are going to love this. There are people that are going to worship this. There are people who are going to say, you, oh my God, Harry Styles. Are you surprised that your daughter likes this album? She doesn't really like it. She doesn't mind it. She doesn't mind it, which is a far cry from not liking it. And she has a much higher tolerance for crap than I do. <laughs> All right, we got we to move on. We, should, we, Please, we have a little bit of time and a lot I to cover. I want to pretend that this never happened. <laughs> All and, right. and I'm not going to lie. I'm, 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 I'm a little disappointed that you made me listen to this. Good. That's, that's for that's River, that's, our, that's that's affected, Riverdale. Yeah, that's, that's affected our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next segment, there there are album reviews. So we're going to move on to the next segment, which is called Rediscovered Albums. Yes. And the tone of Rediscovered Albums can mean a, a couple different things. It could be an album that you loved a long time ago and forgot about. It could be an album that you listened to and hate it. It could be an album that you're just discovering that's an older album that you're like, how did I never hear this before? And that, that the album for me that that is it, it it fits in that that frame is uh pete yorn's music for the morning after which came out in 2001 i believe and i always thought i hated pete yorn i couldn't tell you a pete yorn song um i couldn't even i don't even think i could have described what his music was i thought i hated him and then uh, he was celebrating a birthday local radio station played uh Life on a Chain. Uh, Life on a Chain. And I was like, holy fuck. How did I never hear that? I don't hate Pete Yorn. This is awesome. And I kind of almost felt like I was back in like the late 90s. Like it's like a treasure chest that you're discovering a stuff like other things that you love. And you can't believe you had never heard it, you know, 16 years later. And to, and I mentioned to you like it's it's angsty. But it's it's set to folk music, kind of like Freddie Johnston or Ryan Adams or Elliot Smith, all stuff I love, and I can't believe I hadn't heard it. And it's and there's tambourines, and I mentioned like there's no such thing as a sad tambourine. I agree. I that challenge. Find me a sad tambourine. I will. All right. I I will find you you, a sad 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 tambourine. It's not sad sack, even though it's like tales of heart heartache and heartbreak. It's not sad sack music. It's not whiny. It's like pain wrapped in a bow. What I discovered about Pete Yorn is that um, I thought Life on a Chain was Pearl Jam. <laughs> How do you get I, Eddie? First of all, he you can, sounds like uh, Eddie Vedder in that no. song. He has that weird lawnmower kind of but, but acoustic going on. You can actually distinguish the words that he's saying. This is which true. Which you can't do agreed, with Eddie Agreed, agreed. Tell me these, one these word. These strawberries are very good. That tell, bonafide version of a pellet gun. Someone tell, thought that they were singing yeah. these strawberries are very Give me good. one word other than Yellow Leadbetter in the song Yellow Leadbetter. I don't remember it's, which song that is. Because they always have those weird titles. <laughs> 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 
that's that's the uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. growls. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But I did. I thought it was something that like maybe Eddie Vedder did with somebody else or something. But I did not know that that was. I, I knew that song. I knew it well. I thought it was freaking Pearl Jam. Uh. <laughs> um, but what was funny was then there were other songs on this album where I thought he sounded like Lou Reed. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and it was it was interesting. And then on Black. I definitely detected some New Order guitar going on in there. Yeah. You, you can know? hear his influence. And he's For sure. A, he's a huge Smiths fan. Yeah. Like, if you've ever seen, he does uh, covers of Panic and There's a Light and fun. and things like that, which is fun. He's definitely, yeah, I mean, he doesn't I, shy I liked away from this. I liked it a lot. I, I actually really liked it a lot. And this and isn't is a good driving that, album. Isn't it? Sh- and, yeah, exactly. And that's I yeah. listen to it mostly when I'm in the car. And it's shocking to me after all these years. And everyone's like, oh my God, you never listened to this? How did you not hear? And I'm like, yeah. I never heard it. And I've heard of Pete Yorn, but, yeah. you know, I, I would never, if you asked me to say, if you held a gun to my head and said, name a Pete Yorn song, I, I couldn't I, have done it. Dead. And, you know, typically I'm not a lyric guy. I'm a sucker for like a catchy melody. Mm-hmm. But, like, the lyrics stood out for me, kind of like Lord's first album. Like, when the mm-hmm. lyrics catch me, I'm all in. And mm-hmm. this album, the lyrics caught me. So yeah. it was, there's just a lot of great songs on it. And I was just completely, it's just like a nice piece of my past. Kind of like discovering it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like finding out you had like a brother or sister you didn't know about. Okay. I feel like that would be a little Although different. I'm sure if I did, I would, wouldn't like them probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you know what? Scratch that. <laughs> Scratch that analogy. That analogy sucked. All right. So uh, you and I over the last... It's like finding an extra pack of M&Ms in your pocket. Ooh, that's good. Mm-hmm. That aren't... Or that there's one left. Expired. There's one M&M left in the bag of M&Ms. And you thought you were done. But no. There's a little yellow one hiding in the corner. But you find it 16 years later. Well... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but it's still good. Them. Magically, it's I'm still not, good. Or you find five bucks in your jacket pocket right. from last year. All right. You find, all of a sudden, in the back of your fridge, you find an unopened bottle Why of clearly, ca- clearly Canadian. Clearly Canadian. Do you remember that? The, the flavored water drink from, like, the late 80s, early 90s, which I loved that disappeared. Like, imagine if you had... It sounds familiar. Like it was like yarn. a teardrop. It was like a teardrop <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see it. Like, imagine you found a six-pack in the back of your fridge, and it was still good. Okay. And they don't make it anymore. You can't yeah. get it anymore. But you're like, oh, I forgot how much I love this. And then you're just, like, drinking little sips Yeah, here I'm just taking a little sip here and then making it last. All right, so in the last month, you and I were fortunate enough to catch a couple concerts together. Um, the first one being my 100th concert Yay. as a concert goer. Um, uh, the tickets came to me via, uh, I'll give a shout out to www.rockonphilly.com. Uh, it was through an Instagram contest. Uh, actually that a friend of mine won, uh, Angela, and I'll give a shout out to her Instagram account, which is an incredible Instagram account. It's at hidden.mickey, uh, which is all, uh, incredible shots that she just takes with her phone all throughout Philadelphia. She has an incredible eye for, um, uh, for taking photos something that you just can't teach she just has a knack for it so thanks to her she couldn't go to the show i she had tagged me in the post she gave me the tickets i took you so that the show was blondie with the opening act garbage at the man music center in philly and it was the first time i had been to the man since 1995 when i saw metallica in danzig and it was the first time i had been to the man since 
June. <laughs> June. <laughs> when I saw Lord of the Rings and, and people were dressed up as Gandalf and and Gimli and yeah. My experience was a little different than yours. Yeah. But we got a chance to see <laughs> two legends. Um, so garbage. Um, you know, I'm I'm actually gonna start off with Blondie because. You know, Debbie Harry, I didn't realize, was 72. I mean, which is... And she sounded amazing. She did. For being 72. And three original members, uh, Clem Burke and and Chris Stein. Mm -hmm. And they sounded great. Now, I have a friend of mine that that his his friend said, Debbie Harry needs to just die because it's sad at this point. And I disagree. And maybe if it's... She is someone that you had seen numerous times... Back in her heyday. Back in her heyday, you'd feel differently. But as a first experience, and for a 100th concert, to see her... She's a legend. She's a legend, and she sounded good. It wasn't like she sounded horrible. She actually sounded good. Um, So I was happy to see her. I'm happy that I had the chance to Mm -hmm. see Me too. And... I just... The vibe that I got when she came out with the bees on her head... Um was like batty old lady but that was okay because i feel like she's the coolest cat at the 55 plus community in miami and that her hover round is totally pimped out you know and and she she just it was it was like seeing your grandma on stage be cool if she was the coolest fucking grandma on the planet she had an awesome vibe she did she had an awesome vibe now the the crowd was definitely mixed and it was (laughs) some younger people and some older people but the the highlight for us was so you're not allowed to be in the aisle so the man music center was made for the philadelphia orchestra so it's an outdoor venue uh it's their summer home it's their summer home so you're not allowed to be in the aisle so they had security cleaning the aisle so there was a woman across from us who looked like marla hooch from a league of their own (laughs) doing her best impersonation of marla singing it had to be you pointing at debbie harry like angrily almost like i don't it was very accusatory It was very accusatory. I'm not sure what happened. Maybe she didn't change the toilet paper roll. I don't know. But there was definitely a a, a sort of magnetic pull that kept drawing this woman. And what was comical about it was she would go towards the stage and the security guard would grab her and bring her back. And this happened ten times. It was like it, a yo-yo. But she it didn't was like even a tennis think, match. She had to. In my head, she was drunk. I don't know if she was drunk. She had. She had a beer with her. That's All for right. sure. And she had that glazed she over was look. Impaired. <laughs> so <laughs> she was altered. She didn't even think that when the security guard would leave her and then walk away, that she could run up. Like it was like the same pattern. She would wouldn't go down until he was coming back down, and he was right behind her. And at that point, I realized I had been watching her for an entire song. <laughs> I hadn't even watched the show anymore. But uh, the opening act was Garbage, the band, not mm-hmm. literally. And uh, Shirley Manson, actually, who sounded great, I thought that you you disagreed. With, I thought the mixing was too spacey. I thought it, it made it seem like they were in like a huge warehouse. Um, but Shirley Manson actually did one whole song laying on the floor. Yeah, she got tired. But then she would like push herself across the floor yeah. with her feet. 
It was interesting. <laughs> it was. We did, we did get a crotch like, shot because she was in a skirt. Yeah. So she did turn around and, and we all got a shot of the... Yeah, it was like, okay, well, thank you for that, I guess. But yeah, I, I and it was almost like, like, you know, when you're sitting at home and you're watching a movie and you're laying on the floor. Like, it was kind of like that, you know, yeah. and you're just having a conversation and... And I feel like she just felt like she was at home. Yeah, just, just like, I'm just going to lay down now. Super comfortable. And I mean, you know, this happens when, when, when they start singing, you know, I'm only happy when it rains. And she's sitting by the drums. And, <laughs> and it was glorious because she looked like a tempestuous three-year-old. <laughs> like, you know what? I want my doll back. Yeah. I want my cookies. Yeah. And I want to take a nap. Yeah, that's And exactly. that's it. Yeah. And I was totally down with that. And what's funny is, like, she, you know, back in the 90s, she, I was always a little afraid of her. Yeah, I was too. Like, it was like, you know, the she, songs that she sang, you were just like... Mm. She had a very strong presence. Yes. But, you know... I didn't get that vibe from no, her life I was like, all. okay, I could hang out with her. She's fun. Yeah, she was She's, a lot of fun. Yeah, she just was, was very cool. And, and and they had a birthday party. For Butch Vig, yeah. How adorable. Which they was awesome. And there was candy and cake and it was really sweet and Butch Vegas a legend I mean he produced Nevermind by Nirvana and and you know many others and, and now he gets to have some cake yeah which I want cake I, I was a little dis- I'm not gonna yeah. lie I was a little disappointed yeah. that none yeah. of that made its way yeah. out of the audience Garbage had uh, a group of male gr- groupies <laughs> the garbage dancers yes, it was did. three guys maybe college age maybe mm-hmm. a little bit older you know, they looked like frat boys, but they were so into it. They like, were loving life. They were pointing at her and dancing. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. There was and, a lot of pointing happening. And they did that. not have the same energy for Blondie. No. They were there no. for garbage. Uh, for sure. For sure. And that was kind of cool to see. You know, it was just, it was a very, and it was a beautiful night. Mm-hmm. It was really like a great night for a concert. And it was my 100th. Yay. Which is awesome. So then... Uh, concert number 101 was also given to me uh, by my friend Angela, and it was for social distortion at the Fillmore Philly. Um, <laughs> and, and Janet got to witness the phenomena that I'm I'm about five foot eleven, and the, cr- the so you're not the shortest no, guy. The median height in, in the, the crowd venue. was five eight, five yes, seven, yes, five yes, eight. Yes, agreed. And, and Janet, you're over six foot tall, right? So we're standing in a place where our view is not blocked, nope. and a seven-foot-tall guy comes and stands about five feet in front of me. Direct, not in front of Janet, in front of me. Right in front of me. So yep. we move over to the other side of the venue, and that guy was like six-foot-five that came out of nowhere. Yeah. Wades through the crowd and stands in front of me. So then we move to the middle, and there's a guy that's my height that just keeps inching his way in front of me. It was a dance. It was literally a dance. I would move to the left. He would move to the left. I would move. To, and he couldn't see me. Mm-hmm. It was the most annoying What you didn't see was he had an earpiece. Oh, did he? And he was taking orders from <laughs> a rival blogger who does not want you to see any shows. I and and this was this was the, the concert assassin that came in <laughs> and needed to assassinate your, your concert experience. It, he yeah. he didn't do it until the end. The very end I finally well, the got first annoyed. Two guys came in and he's like, Oh, yeah. you're gonna blow it, you're gonna blow your cover. But this guy like danced around enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he didn't block my view consistently until the encore, which right. was annoying. But social distortion, Mike Ness sounded great. Again, another one like, what a fantastic show. 
Mm-hmm. And you're a fan, right? Mm-hmm. You're a fan of social. You were saying Mike Ness's top ten. One of my top ten male vocalists. I I, I love the 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 gravel and the grit. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and I think it's just paired so well with their songs, because it 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 certainly lends like a like a sneering sarcasm, I guess. You know what I mean? To a lot mm-hmm. of the lyrics, where if he didn't have that voice, I don't think I don't think you'd sell the message as well. I agree. I agree. And that his band was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played uh, Ball and Chain, and they waited till the encore to play Ring of Fire, and he plays, <laughs> which... and he faked everybody out saying, "We're gonna let you pick." And then, of course, everyone yelled a different song. Right. And then he was like, I yelled ah. the alphabet. Yeah. How do you solve a problem like Maria? He didn't take any of my suggestions. <laughs> I, mean, I was yelling you know. Harry Styles song. <laughs> <laughs> from the dining table. The Meow Mix song from the commercial of the 80s. Do it. <laughs> but he he was like, ah, I'm just kidding. I had it written down the whole time. And yeah. he played Ring of Fire. And the, it seemed like... The encore was the length of the rest of the concert. Oh my almost. god! It yeah. was yeah. It was a they long did encore. what four songs? I four think? songs. Yeah. yeah. It was. It but was... but he sounded great, and it was a great. I'm glad that I find it was the first time I had ever seen them. I'm glad I had the chance to see. I find a lot of my concerts are going to see bands that I missed seeing when I was younger. Mm-hmm. That I, you know I've done that with Echo and the Bunnymen and the mm-hmm. Damned and the Dickies and all these that I missed the opportunity and I'm going back and at least I can say. Even Blondie. Like, I know someone gave me those, but that was a very similar experience as Paul McCartney for me because I think even Paul McCartney, I think he's probably putting on a better show now than probably he's ever put on. And maybe he doesn't have the voice. He doesn't have the low register. He's got the high register. Mm-hmm. But he's doing And Deborah Harry better. didn't have the high register, yeah, she but had she the had the register. low register. So, and but that's the way for me Ian McCullough was at, yeah, when I yeah. saw it go on the bunny. And I'm like, what happened to his voice? And he said it great when I saw him. Yeah. But I think... He needed to stop smoking I, when yeah. I saw him. I think they're probably putting on better shows. Like, the Beatles were never known for incredible live shows. No. I think they're probably doing better performances now at this stage of their career. And you appreciate it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like, I appreciate their whole career and it's a celebrate like it's really sure. a celebration of the whole career yeah and a celebration of still being able to stand up after all those years yeah yeah i mean paul mccartney played for like two hours two and i don't think hours. i could do anything for two hours no and that was impressive it really was so i you know kudos for that yeah, to be able to great. still do that yeah all right so we're getting towards the end and we're starting to run out of time but i i wanted to bring up chester bennington um having lost another another voice uh that that's important to us i don't know how lincoln park or if lincoln park meant anything to you but looking back losing chris cornell that that hurt for me you know because that was a voice that um you know and i'd said this before it's kind of like hey you know what we're all fucked up but it was like he was saying it from the other side but we're all going to be okay and we're going to look out mm-hmm. for each other and everything's okay and he kind of didn't live up to that you know and chester bennington i think gave off the same kind of presence and aura like yeah life's fucked up and and you know but it's positive and things are going to be okay and it, it obviously wasn't okay well and i i never saw lincoln 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 park yeah <laughs> that's yeah. the name yeah. i never saw them live so i don't know what kind of vibe he gave as it, a performer it, i i saw them in 2003 yeah um, and he he definitely gave that kind of vibe but the pain for both of them was always in the lyrics. It was always in the music. Um, like, it was not... It was not... He a, wasn't hiding it. 
No. And and it wasn't it wasn't like, you know, sometimes you get bands, you know, that fall under I guess that emo category where it's like they they just want to produce somber music because mm-hmm. it's well, you know, and they want to dress like vampires and they want to be yeah. weird and creepy yeah. and and have this, you know, certain aesthetic mm-hmm. and whatever. But like with with the 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 lyrics for for Soundgarden and for Linkin Park and for those those folks like you could you could really it was they, they were singing what was real yeah it was palpable yeah you know what I mean like you could you could feel it it was it was definitely something that you could reach out and touch and and not even bearing his emotions that way and singing them at the top of his lungs could save him in the end and that's sad that's what was sad. Because that's what drew all of us to them. Because at some point or another, we felt that way, or uh, we could relate. And mm-hmm. you felt, hey, you know, here's someone else that's that's making it. And yeah, and it does, and and it is. It's it's you know when you think of these these people, you know, that their music got them through difficult times and and yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And and yeah. then to have that, you know, something like that happen, you know, and it, you know, on the on the one hand. You're happy because this person isn't suffering anymore. Yeah, you yes. know, and 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 you know, we always have that influence because I do think that they were both extremely influential in terms of of music and yeah. and, and how things are. And Chris Cornell's music did get me through hard times, oh, without yeah. a doubt. You know, without a doubt, and it's and that's what makes it difficult, mm-hmm. I think. And it's um, and for me. It was weird timing because the night before I had won tickets to see Lincoln Park, and that would have been my 100th concert. You killed Chester Bennington. <laughs> Basically. And it's, you know, I was so excited. I had won pit tickets, and I was going to see them. It was going to be a great 100th show, and one grand prize winner was going to get to meet the band and be stage manager. And the whole next morning, I was playing Lincoln Park all day. And then the announcement came. And I was like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. Like, this can't be real. Yeah, you're like, uh, Ashton Kutcher, is that you? <laughs> yeah. Am I being punked? <laughs> so it's, you know, it's it's just sad. And, and you know, it made me think of Scott Wheeland. And I'm sure... Well, that was that was drug related. That was drug related, but he had but the same. De- Nobody that's demons. doing drugs feels good about a- life. A- exactly. <laughs> he he was just drowning his demons a different way. Yeah. And yeah. you know, it's just sad to see another one go. So it's yeah. I mean, like Seattle. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you lose Lane Staley. You lose. I mean, uh, what's his name from um, Mother Love Bone? I can't think of. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm just drawing a blank, but. You know, it's it's just sad, but you, I'm, I'm glad I had the chance to see them when I did. I'm yeah. glad that they made the music that they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it meant a lot to me, and I'm sorry to see that he's gone. Yeah, yeah, that um, sucks. All right, so to try to change it, the vibe, so we don't leave this over on, like, I just killed your puppy. Um, quick music question concert you had tickets to but regret not making that's never happened to me you have never ever had tickets to a show that you didn't make nope never all right so mine well i have (laughs) that's happened to me a lot um uh but the biggest one i had tickets to see mike watt his ring spiel um tour in 1995 at the trocadero when he put out 
against the 70s with Eddie Vedder. Mm-hmm. Eddie Vedder showed up and sang, Ugh, and the opening act was the Foo Fighters. The only reason that happened was yeah. because you weren't yeah. there. If the, you had gone, the opening act yeah. would have been yeah. like that, Debbie Gibson. The or opening something. act was Foo Fighters before their debut album. Oh, wow. So all the other con, yeah, I've missed like three eleven, you know. And the only reason I didn't go to Mike Wada is I was going with a three eleven is great live, you know. And both of those instances were bad days at work, and I just didn't feel like going. So at both times it was just like, oh, I don't feel like going. Do you feel like going? You know, and it's like I've never man, man, had man. that day. <laughs> I've had I've had that day. I've, I've had, had that, that day. day where I like I don't feel like it, but it's you know you power through. You power yeah, through. Yeah, I guess I didn't power through. Yeah. I didn't power through. I, like, I didn't go see the Bouncing Soul. I had tickets for the Bouncing Souls at the, the Stone Pony, like, two years ago, and I didn't go. Because I was just like, eh, I don't feel like going. There's a few like that. I probably have it. Someone offered me front row go. seats to the Rolling Stones. But it was at a time that I didn't dig the Rolling Stones. I was like, nah, it's yeah, outdoor. It's cold. <laughs> it's raining. It's cold. I don't want to go. <laughs> That's my poor excuse. And I'm like, I look back and I'm like, I fucking could have had front row seats to see the, the Rolling, Rolling Stones. freaking Stones. Yeah, and I didn't go. There are, people, the there are people who would murder you for less. Yeah, you know? I know. I know. Well, the guy who offered me the tickets was murdered. Oh, well, there it is. Not over that. Because he didn't go. You know, he, had, ta- he had a friend in the music industry and we didn't like each other. But he respected my taste in music. And whenever he got a good show, he would take me just That's because a it, really weird friend yeah, dynamic or yeah. friend of me. Just because dynamic. he knew he was so into music and he knew I appreciated it. So he took me to see Bob Dylan at the TLA, which is phenomenal. Yeah, that's a pretty He did an hour closed. of the hits acoustically huh. with uh with the backup band. I don't care for Dylan, not gonna lie. No. But he would take me to like that kind of stuff. Right. And even the day of the Rolling Stones, he's like, Listen, I really don't want to take you. But I know you'd appreciate it, and I have front row seats for the Stones, and no one else wants to go. And I was like, oh, I'm not going. I don't want to go either. <laughs> there you have it. Wow. Yeah. But I regret not seeing the Foo Fighters more than not going to see this. Because that was still 90s. It wasn't like Rolling Stones. And Dave Grohl is just, like, that's the thing. Is like, Rolling Stones at this point, it's like, yeah, okay. But imagine seeing Dave Grohl at the Troc singing the songs of the first album. Ugh. They opened the set. I went back and looked at the set list. They opened the set list with his cover of Gary Newman's Down in the Park. <laughs> so you looked at the set list to further torture yourself. Just to yourself. see what I missed, yeah. And it was like, fuck! <laughs> That's spiraling down into the self-hatred. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. So, all right, do you have anything? No. Before, all right, That's so it. that was basically it. That, folks... You basically just witnessed high school for us. <laughs> that was high, high school, school twenty five years later with less hairspray and less hair. <laughs> accurate. That's fairly accurate. This this was this was probably one of many conversations that happened in diners at like midnight after a show at City Gardens after a show or Chuck Darrow at the or... Golden Eagle or the Golden Dawn. Or one of those blue fountain blue fountain diner one of my best concert memories still is i can't even remember who else went but when we saw erasure at the tower and i don't even know why it was we the came, wild tour why we came back this way but we were on 95 and we were going through the tunnels <laughs> and they have these big underpasses that are lit with lights and they look like runways and we used to that's the first time 
Uh, well, we did Star- it regularly. Yeah, battle, but I wasn't with you guys regularly. <laughs> to the extent that I went out and bought a, a sci-fi theme song tape so that we could actually play the Battlestar Galactica yeah. theme song. So when you went into the tunnel, you would floor it. Yep. And you, would, you, like, you had to do it late at night so no one else was in yeah, the tunnel. Yeah. So you could floor it like you were going through the the launch ramp yeah. on Battlestar Galactic. And, and would then come out in space. you come out and you would take your foot off the gas yeah. and it would just be like you were floating in space. Yes. And, that and the was... whole time we had to go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have, the good old days. I still have my Battlestar Galactica sleeping bag. <laughs> I do. I will never get... I had that the night that I wrote... The stick figure comic book that won me backstage passes to meet Morrissey. I am never getting rid of... you met Morrissey? I did. You didn't tell me that. Yes, I did. No, I don't think he told me you met him. Yeah, I met him. Holy fuck. This is his first tour, Tower Theater. Are you serious? Yeah. Fuck. It's amazing. It was amazing. And I had front row seats. And I had my little Union Jack flag that I was waving. And during Suede Head, he knelt down in front of me, waved his hand like, what you got? And so I threw it up on the stage. And he danced around with my Union Jack on his head. And I never got back that flag. (laughs) Motherfucker owes me a flag. (laughs) The coolest thing contest I won to see a show was, it was a Facebook contest for city, or I mean for a, CBGB and they had a picture of the bathroom and you had to caption the bathroom <laughs> and, and, and my I caption I can see won, how you would excel at that my, my caption was I came I saw I even used the bathroom <laughs> and that won me platinum VIP passes to the CBGB festival nice. the year that uh, my morning jacket headlined nice so. alright so I think that's it um, just to wrap it up um for more content, visit us on the web at www.mymusicmyconcertsmylife.com. We're on Twitter at Music Concerts Me, Facebook at Music Concerts Me, and Instagram at My Music My Concerts My Life. Uh, if there's any topics you would like to hear us cover on uh, future shows, or if you have any questions, you can send them to us at info at mymusicmyconcertsmylife.com, or you can tweet them at us messages facebook any of those uh social media outlets feel free to contact us um thank you for finding us and listening this is the first one there will be many more uh janet thank you uh for being the first guest i am deleting harry styles from my apple music as we speak Uh, harry styles just called he he doesn't give a shit shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, thank you everybody and we will see you when the needle drops